about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Welcome to episode 325. It's three, it's two, it's five, it's the ENS Wolves Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. I am here in front of a laptop, another laptop, and a human being called Mr. Liam Keen. Liam, it's our deadline day slash Man United slash Glow Over Albion. 325th episode, spectacular, late night love, baby. <laughs> you just about got those words out. <laughs> yeah, a lot's happened, hasn't it, since the, uh, since the last potty? A lot has happened, my friend. Um, we, uh, hope the, hopefully the audio's okay tonight, because um, <laughs> one of us has forgotten a lead and a cable, which means that the microphone has been thrown to one side and we're now on dictaphone time. And it's not me, that person, so it kind of leaves it down to one of the person. Well, you say that, but there's only two people in the room, and I'm saying that it's not me either, so who who do you believe? Who do you believe? I'm not sure about that. Who do you believe? The man who puts his... Scripts it, writes it, edits it, presents it. Before the game ah. was putting the your your Pretty camera on charge. Yes. Um, I went, oh, you're leaving that there on charge? Yeah, 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 yeah I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. Do you want to turn the plug on then? Well, I d- yeah, it's been, there's been a couple of times uh, I haven't uh, turned the plug on. What happened when you came up to the press box today for the game, actually? Uh, Did you f- happen to leave your laptop downstairs and have to go back and get it before <laughs> kickoff? So two very senior moments there. Very fo- senior. Followed by a third senior moment. I mean, to be fair... Rest the case of the prosecution. Uh, <laughs> guilty, Your Honour. So, yes, it is me. Um, so, yes, we are doing this dictaphone, but I think we'll be fine. And, uh, yes, it's looking out into the beautiful lights of morning after a crazy game. But let's let's talk about the trash first that people like. Um, and that's a, a window into our world, Mr. Liam Keane. Yes. Um, first of all, is this... I mean, you're here now, so I, haven't, I can't see your bedroom. We're not live. You can't see us on shots tonight. It's just audio. But have you moved from said back closet... Into beautiful new Keen house. No. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so there was an extra, <laughs> was an extra um, setback, if you will, where um, there's a document. Again, it's not on our side, obviously, but there's a document that now we're now waiting to be completed on the lovely lady we're buying the house mm. from. Um, so we've been given a provisional date. Oh. Of the 19th of Feb. Okay. So not too far away. No. Um, with the proviso that that could change if they don't get the document back in time. So, oh, no. <laughs> uh, so hopefully in the next sort of couple of weeks we'll have some good news. I was, I was thinking about this the other day because these are the things when I can't get to sleep I think about. And I'm wondering, right, let's say, you know, with your Twitter following, how many have you got now? Like a couple of thousand? Two, <laughs> two and a half? Yeah, about that. Somewhere, uh, two, three K. <laughs> you know exactly how many you got. 27.1. <laughs> that is correct as well. 27.1. 27.1 thousand people. So, so 27,100 people. If you were to say, tw- Twitter people, Twitter followers, I'm homeless, I'm really struggling, I need a place to stay, could you, could you, do you think you could stay in someone else's house collectively from the 27,100 people through until 
January 2025. Oh, that is a... I thought you were going to say, would, would just, would just no, one not a week. take you in. No, not two weeks. No, you've got to stay. Oh. You see, you can't be homeless. Would you get enough people from your Twitter followers, not family or, not family or friends, these are people who would say, yeah, I'll put you up, Kino, no worries. You can pay your way and stuff like that, but would you have enough people who would open their doors to you and potentially the missus till <laughs> January the... Leave her. Leave her. Leave her be. Till January the 1st. So you've got 11 months there. You've got 11 months. Realistically, you're probably going to need somewhere between 15 and 20 people then because you're not going to have one month. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spend a no, month, no, no, no. Because no. someone won't have you for a month. Well, I don't know. There that. might be some crazed fan out there, keen yeah. fan, who's got literally headlines. He makes paper mache moulds of them. He cuts everything out. He's literally just... He, no, he's, he's logged on to the Express and Star. He said, oh, I don't want a one-month subscription or a one-year, two-year. I want a 10-year subscription because I just love looking at his beautiful cherub face. So, you know, you might walk shower. into a room, <laughs> walk into the bedroom, and it's just pictures of everywhere you don't know there could be some crazies out there that sounds pretty good yeah um i'm gonna go out on a limb i think i could just about do it. <laughs> I, think I, I think i think it's i think it's a stressful 11 months okay okay it, it, like week to week like, yeah. where am i gonna go next some people are do? kicking you out some people are kicking you there's out there's some dodgy places you're going and sleeping but, in as well <laughs> some dodgy some places oh. yeah but i could i could name a few now that would take me another thing oh really yeah yeah, yeah. okay i like that <laughs> I <laughs> just mouthed someone. I know exactly who it is. There's a couple of people who got a little crush on little Liam Keane. I think he's a little crush. Oh, oh don't blame him, man. Oh, brilliant. Him. I won't mention who they are, but I will later on, potentially. Um, um, well, well, good to have you here, mate. Um, I flew in this morning for deadline day. Uh, I've had a nice... Uh, literally. <laughs> literally flew in. Um, uh, I've been in Paris for three days. I went to Euro Disney for a couple of nights, which is very nice. Birmingham. Can't go wrong. Twenty-seven pound return flights straight into Paris. It's pretty good. That ten-minute train from the uh, from Paris or Charles de Gaulle to Euro Disney, and we had a couple of nights there. It was beautiful, very nice. Cold, but dry. <laughs> a bit like you. <laughs> a bit like my women. Uh, <laughs> There's just no need for it. I mean, it is twenty past twelve. You can say uh, it's um, late night love. It's late night love. I mean, the people listening to it will be, what, 10 a.m. tomorrow morning? <laughs> yeah, but whatever, true. it's fine. Um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I've... Have I been... I don't think... I've not been to your Disney. I've been to Paris, but it was a long time ago. Mm. You, you got, you, please tell me you went to some nice cafes, got some Some beautiful in. bistros. Well, oh. Be- oh, I mean, the French onion soup. French onion oh, soup. Like that. Is absolutely... Right. Two little bit where one bistro just outside the Eiffel Tower, another one in Euro Disney, but it was a really nice one on the water. But French onion soup for me is one of the best starters out there because you 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 love your food like me, absolutely. And even though you want a little bit of a a starter, something light and fresh, so you can enjoy your main course. You like something a bit heavy. You like something <laughs> a little bit sweet, a little bit sour, you know, something with a little bit of meat to it. And you've got that cheese, you've got the crostinis that's soaked in the onion soup. You've got the onions at the bottom. Oh, it's absolutely divine, incredible. That sounds unbelievable. Some wine as well, you know. You got with to... champagne, obviously in champagne. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah um, we'll wear some nice red wine as well. Um, some steak tartare. Ooh. A little bit, of, little bit of an egg over the top. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah, and then good. some macarons for dessert. Beautiful. Not my favourite. They're okay, but not my favourite. So we stayed in the Disney, in the new Disneyland hotel, which was all great. And the first night, we had a lovely view looking out onto the Magic Kingdom or the castle um, to see the light show. It's like a beautiful drone show, and then um, projecting onto the onto the castle. It was amazing. But even though it's posh, you think, okay, it's fine. 
well, didn't realise it's still characters. So as Mina Lana stood there and sat there looking out the window, and you've got Prince Charming coming up, and you've got Ariel, and I'm thinking, well, it's just for the kids, because there's a few kids in there, but they come and do every table. <laughs> I'm going to be sick. <laughs> it's awful. I couldn't think of it's it It's awful. So I've got, honestly, I'll show you the pictures. So I've got, like, Ariel there saying... Oh, hello, so what's your name? Oh, Nathan, that's a lovely name. Oh, uh, have you seen Sebastian the Crab? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, get lost, love. What are you doing? Let me have my Langensteins in peace. Mate, that is awful. I couldn't deal with that. Oh, it's awful. Honestly. Then you had Prince Charming coming across. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) And then you come across, and there's the the third... The third, be the third couple come across and it's 11 o'clock at night I'm like I just want my dessert I want to enjoy my creme brulee leave me alone love and she comes across and it's um, and it's Belle you know for, and Beauty and the Beast Kino <laughs> honestly Kino you need to get home to your missus I'm telling you some of the faces you're making and uh <laughs> Um, and she comes across I'm like right I better do a bit of research this is so awkward so I'm like oh who's the beast I don't want to call him the beast that's harsh <laughs> harsh on him mate you don't call him anything still... you're right mate how well, you doing he's, I not, know, but he's I said... not the beast he's fucking Derek from down around the, around the, around the corner he just gets changed into into the beast he's, he's not the beast <laughs> You go, so he's, not, he's not the hairy beast, he's the prince, because oh, the prince, you know, he turns, he, into, the beast, turns yeah. into the prince. So I'm like, but I don't know his name. So I'm like, so I Google it. I was like, Googling. I'm like, what am I doing here? 43 years old, I'm Googling. What's the, what's the prince called in the Beauty and the Beast? And a few people said, oh, it's Adam. It's, it's, it's Prince Adam. Even though it's not mentioned in the fairy tale, he's known as Prince Adam. So he comes across and, hello, hello, how are you? And, oh, hello, hello, I'm Belle. I'm so amazing. Oh, would you like some pictures? Um, how was your day today? And I'm like, I'm like, well, actually, actually, Prince, I know your first name because I've been Googling it. And I don't know that it's called Prince Adam. And he goes to me, I actually just, I'm called the Prince. I don't like to be called by any other name apart from the Prince. So I'm like, well, F off then. Get lost. Get out of my sight. I'm no interest. No interest in interacting. He's mugged you off like that. No, he's mugged me off. That. They've all got lip gloss on as well. I was quite jealous. Everyone's got lip gloss on, all the guys and everything like that. It's strange, man. Yeah, I like I it. mean, I, you know, it, it, no offence to people who want to go into acting and want to do mm. but I, for me, just the way I am as a person, I could not think of anything more embarrassing than dressing up as, as the prince. Can you not do a character parade? Oh, I'd love mate, to do I, that. Honestly, I think I'd die of embarrassment. You'd be good at your... <laughs> Goofy. <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't deal with it. Having to go up and be like, oh, hello, how was your day? Because <laughs> you're, you're nasty, are you? Horrible, yeah. No, I'd be like, just kind of scare the kids. <laughs> yeah. Scare the kids. Uh, well, you can do that. You can be someone like... Some uh, shots with the parents. Go mental. <laughs> on get, get on it, lads. Uh, right, we better talk about some football. Um, so we, we've... Um, there's three sections in this. In this, Obviously, Deadline Day special. So we're talking about that. We're going to call it the good, the bad... And the ugly. So let's talk about the good. Let's talk about, let's reminisce, Liam. Let's take us back a few days. Let's, let's take us back to Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning even. Um, and the game against West Brom, they finally got the job done. They, they got over the hoodoo. It's fine. They were pretty comfortable in the end, Liam. Let's talk about the game first. What did you make of it? I thought it was a little bit scary, first 20 minutes, half an hour. But after that, they settled down and were worthy winners on the day. Yeah, yeah. Before the goal, um, it could have been in the bad or ugly section. If we're being honest, it wasn't particularly great for Wolves. Um, you allowed Wolves allowed Albion a little bit of early momentum, a couple of early chances, got the crowd up. Yeah, 
the uh, and that was the mistake the Wolves made. And then you've got the Wolves crowd doing a, a sterling job of doing their best to jeed the players up, and the players looked a little bit nervy. Didn't I? Didn't think we acted to the atmosphere particularly well in probably up until the first goal. Mm. Um, and by half time, were I mean scored a very good goal, but were up against the run of play really. Um, apart from some crazies on social media who felt that Wolves should have been falling up, apparently, and don't know why I've got a job. And oh yeah, they did. Like you tweeted, did they? You got battered at half time. I got battered on my half time tweet. And I, people said, "Oh, you watching the same game? Oh, why do you get? Why do you get paid for this rubbish?" <laughs> and uh, and that was just, that, that, that's the old classic, isn't it? Well, I can't believe you get paid for this. And I was like, "That was just my mom and dad messaging <laughs> me." <laughs> um, which I, I thought was hilarious. Mm. But uh, no, look, Wolves weren't good in that first no. half. No, but. The difference in quality mm. was that they got one good chance and they took it. And that's yeah. the difference. And that's the difference. What Albion didn't have was Premier League quality in that final mm. third. Wolves did. Wolves took advantage, scored the goal. I went into the second half and Albion had a couple of half chances, but really Wolves dominated the second half yeah. and were very comfortable. I thought the, the right word that we both used was professional mm. for, that, for that performance. Um, Wolves were nowhere near their best. No. Gary Neal admitted that as well. But they were professional, comfortable, saw the game out and scored a very good second goal from, um, from Mateus Cunha. Uh, Bright in the next round. This is a chance, a really good chance. I mean, look, they've just been absolutely pummeled 4-0 at Luton. By my boy, Elijah Adebayo. Yeah, right? absolutely. Hat-trick. You know, Warsaw reject. And, uh, <laughs> Warsaw legend, man. my boy. And um, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because if Brighton can turn it on at any time and they're getting some players back... But at the same time, they've got the league. They want to qualify for Europe again. They're still in the Europa League. Um, they've got to go away to Wolves. We're not, we're not going all the way down there again after the nil-nil draw in the league. I think, look, if you're going to get to Wembley, which is the semi-finals and the finals, by the way, if you're going to get to Wembley, you need to be beating the likes of Brighton at home. Simple yeah, as that. True, yeah. And I think that it's a decent draw. I know a lot of people like, oh, they wanted, you know, you wanted a Maidstone United or something like that, some kind of like... Glamour tie would be fantastic and get and get through, but at the same time, like I say, I don't think it's a bad draw at all. And especially at this stage of the competition, the most important thing is to get a home draw. Yeah, my initial instinct was mm, Brighton are a good team, but you convinced me that it actually wasn't as bad a draw as it first looks because uh, a few different reasons. You look at the team that Brighton put out in the last round. Um, if it wasn't for João Pedro scoring goals, um, they may not have got through that round because they put quite a, a second team out. Yeah. Um, and then equally, they're going to have a lot of European commitments. They're going to have other commitments. They're going to be probably prioritising over the FA Cup. Mm. Um, do they want a trip, which will be midweek now as well, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, midweek um, to Molyneux. Are they going to be prioritising mm-hmm. their, their team selection? I don't think so. Whereas Wolves, as small as the squad is... Yeah will put a big importance, I think, on that game in comparison to Brighton. So it is it is a very good opportunity. Um, think of when Wolves got through to the semi-finals under Nuno. They had to beat Liverpool at home and then beat United at home to get through to those semis. Um, no offence to Brighton, who I think were a very, very good side with a very good manager. Mm-hmm. But that is an easier draw than getting Liverpool um, in, in that year the Wolves did get through. So... The opportunity's there. Um, obviously, it depends who you get in the in the quarters. You could, you know, you could get Man City, and it, and it becomes a, a, a diff- yeah. difficult task. But um, Wolves got a very good chance of being Brighton. They they have to put a big, big <laughs> focus, I think, on the FA Cup this season. Liquidator. Oh mate, I'd have it back in a heartbeat. Oh, but, unbelievable! Uh, I, I don't know why I, they don't I really. Don't see it happen. I, I I think this this was a, a topic of conversation 
maybe about a year ago, and I spoke about mm. it on the podcast, and I spoke to a few people at the club and got an idea of sort of people's thoughts on it, and I don't think there's any appetite internally to... Internally. ...to make it happen. But why? I mean, is it just that it's inciting a little bit of trouble? And is it seen as, a, as an aggressive, well, unnecessary my, song with, with children yeah. in there, etc.? My interpretation of it stopping originally was because of because of that. Mm. I think police involvement and, and other reasons. Um, but this was 20-odd years ago now, yeah, yeah, so of it was course, a long yeah. time ago. Um, I think the fact that other clubs do it, the fact that Chelsea in the same division mm. uh, as Wolves do it, I, I don't think it makes any sense that Wolves shouldn't do it. If people at the top have got their reasons, then they've got their reasons. It's not the end, I, I just wonder whether it's the end of the world, when it would change at all. You don't think the needle would, would move I slightly? So. I don't think so. Not, not at this stage. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, also, um, set an argument for me, uh, Liam. Um, uh, uh, West Brom. What are the next two? What are the next two words? Well, I, well, he should have teamed me up for this. Oh. So, uh, uh, West Brom. And then... I've I've had this same argument with Wolves supporting yeah. mates of mine. Yeah. Because some people say the Wolves. Yeah. Some people say we're Wolves. Yes. And Whatever. I, and I genuinely don't know which one. Oh, really? Because I, 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 I think I say the Wolves. Yeah. But I don't know... It is the wolves. Uh, it that's, it okay. is the wolves. That's, that's what I say, but I've definitely got friends who, who say we're wolves. Said, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I've had that argument. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know which one's yeah, right. I think it's the wolves. I mean, look, I'd love to see it back. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. I don't think, and we'll come on to it in a little bit, um, it caused any of the issues that, in fact, it was probably one of the moments of the afternoon for me because the, the noise, when I recorded it and listened to it again, like even like the missus who doesn't care for football whatsoever was like, Christ, those fans are unbelievable, they're loud, and they were, and, you know, for 4,000 of them in, in that stadium, it just echoed Wolves, it was, it, was, it was pretty incredible, to be honest. Yeah, unbelievable, the atmosphere leading up to the game, I mean, the week leading up to it as well was unbelievable, mm. wasn't it? Um, and then, yeah, once everyone's in there... Gets people going, though, you yeah. know, like, I just, they came out tonight for Man United, it's fine, you got some songs and everything like that, but if you got that on a night game, people are just already ready to go, aren't they? Like, it just gets them going, I think. Yeah, I like it. I really do. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. I can't see it. Um, right, so, I mean, look. Elephant in the room. The, 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 the insane scenes. And worrying scenes. And, and look, um, first of all, I will say that the 4,000 fans behind the goal were absolutely unbelievable throughout the afternoon. We saw them all come in. I thought they were immaculately behaved. I thought that they loved it. I thought that they didn't put a, didn't put a foot wrong. They were, they were superb. Okay, there was the odd flair when they scored, but at the same time, like it was, they were, by, by and large, a credit to the football club. Now, the, some of the Wolves fans, and I've seen since, who did get into the West Brom end, that's always good. that was always going to happen. They were always going to get a ticket. Some, I'm sure, as if they were there, then they were just hands on, you know, sit on the hands and be quiet. But there were some idiots on social media who actually said they, they were going into the game and then they, they put their faces on there and then all of a sudden they're worried and they're the ones who are starting the trouble. Um, however, West Brom let themselves down. I think that everybody knows that. And I think that there's been some actual quite considered tweets and so, uh, social media of some of the fans just saying that they were embarrassed with the way that a lot of the fans um, reacted, behaved. You know, that's up to them to clean up. But it was... Scary at times. It did get scary at times. And some of the scenes that we saw, I mean, goodness me, I've never been involved in that covering a game. And hopefully we'll never see that for a long time to come. No, I think if there was several times in that 35 minutes that we probably thought the game wasn't, mm. wasn't going to continue. 
And that would have been a disaster from a, a footballing point of view, but also... A spectacle in the yeah, West Midlands. Exactly. And, and it's already been shown in, in, a, in a bad light um, because yeah. of what happened. Um, obviously, Wolves fans being caught um, stupidly in the home end celebrating Cunha's goal um, have a, a part to play in, in, in that kicking off. And it was very, very stupid of those to, to the, those individuals to do that. But as you've already said... It was a, a mob of Albion fans that then kicked off the whole uh, police and stewards getting involved, who I thought did a very good job of actually containing yeah, it, considering yeah. how you know nasty it got and how it could have spilled over. Um, not good for for either club, but certainly worse on the on the home side, just in the manner and the way in which it it, it sort of descended into chaos. Um, yeah, not good at all. I'm just thankful they were able to get. Well, for the most part, people were were safe and well. I think, obviously, scary for families, which is which is awful when they're going to a football game. Um, that's by and large, you know, the, the most important thing. But then, equally, on top of that, to you know, for the game to carry on, play twelve, fifteen minutes, whatever it was, of basically a friendly. After that, um, it was. It was like a pre-season yeah, game. It was wasn't it? Very subdued. Um, it tarnished tarnished the occasion. You know, when you walk away from the ground and you should be buzzing. Did you feel maybe a, a slight? I don't know, sense of frustration with the way that things things developed? Yeah, I think so. It just took the shine off it a little bit because there was it just sort of sucked the energy out of the stadium. Um the Wolves fans were, were excellent anyway and did their did their their bits when Wolves did win and Gary Neal and the players went over to see them. But it almost it felt a little bit flatter than it would have done, I think, had that, that thirty five minute break um hiatus not happened. So yeah, it, it just it diverted people's attentions away from a from a professional Wolves performance and a massive historic win. Um, diverted the attention away from that and more on, you know, idiots getting caught yeah. up in police uh, police violence. Not great. And I'm sure we'll be seeing and hearing about repercussions to come. You know, in the in the following weeks and potentially months as well. There's an FA inquiry yeah. already away, and um, you know, it's um, disappointing. But they say overall. Thank God they go, They went there and, and got the job done and, and are into the next round. So so that's the FA Cup uh, over and done with. Right, so that's the good. The bad is a seven-goal thriller tonight. Thriller in inverted commas. Um, bizarre, game of, a bizarre game of football, Liam. Yeah. I think everybody coming to this game with the high of Albion, with everything that went on with Manchester United and Marcus Rashford in the week... Um, with you know the results that they're having, with the team that they're putting out there, even though they did have a couple back tonight, you look at it and you go, I think a lot of people, the majority of people coming to this game tonight in the media room thought, I've got a good chance here tonight. I fancy, fancy Wolves to take something. And really, I mean, they were torn apart, especially in that first half. 3-3 in the, deep in the 90th minute on ninth injury time and to lose that game is unforgivable. However, let's not be about the bush, Liam. This could and potentially should have been a 3-4-5-0 game or one game. It was, it was pretty much men against boys at times, I would say. And that's maybe been a bit harsh to Wolves, but at the same time, for me, they were well beaten and the scoreline kind of flatters them. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, 1-0 down after five minutes, 2-0 down after 22 minutes, two disallowed goals. I mean, obviously, correctly offside, but still close moments um, for United at the end of the first half. But it could have easily been 4-0 at half-time, couldn't it? Wolves could have been game uh, over, yeah. Yeah, Gary Neal described it in a way which I thought was quite um, quite important in the press conference to say that 
the emotion got the better of them once the, the Rashford goal went in and basically for the whole of the first half up until he was able to get mm. them in and have a chance. What a goal, what a strike by the way. Yeah, brilliant goal. Um, basically for the rest of the first half after that, they were sort of ill-disciplined mm. and just running all over the place, headless chickens. Yeah. These, these aren't words that Gary used, but essentially what he meant. Uh, headless chickens and, you know, just opened... They lost the shape completely. Yeah, and they were so ill-disciplined. Defence was so exposed. Massive got gaps and gaping mm. holes for... <laughs> Sorry, for United. That was poor for me. I couldn't. I said, you know, as I was about to say it in my in my head, I went, "Don't say it." Then I still said it. Um, terrible, you are. I couldn't even. I couldn't even physically hold that laugh in. Then um, that's so bad. Anyway, um, <laughs> stop laughing. Shush. Yeah, te- nowhere near. Way, way, way off it. Um, I don't like using him as an example because of what. Um, what's happened recently with him. I, I, I think you have to give him the benefit of the doubt, but Mario Lamina was, I thought, really poor tonight. Yeah. Um, he had a couple of okay moments at times, but he, when I talk about the team being way off the pace, he epitomised that for me tonight. Mm. He he was chasing shadows in midfield. And he's not the only one, but it was the one that stood out to me because we were used to him being so good. It's so excellent. He's yeah, so, he's so like, good yeah. that when he isn't on it, it's... Obvious, and um, and that yeah, that epitomised for me what was a poor first half of Wolves. And to their credit, they were much better second mm. half. Came out and a lot more control, more possession, uh, scored some good goals, and in the end, should have got something out the game based on how the game ended sure. or, or how they got back into it. But on the balance of the whole, ninety, what was it? Well, it was about one hundred eleven minutes in the yeah, end. Yeah, it was one hundred eleven, twelve, whatever yeah. it was. Um, based on that, that whole game. Wolves didn't deserve anything. No, no, they didn't. Um, but saying that, they did credit to them, and it shows the resilience under O'Neill that they did get back in the game. Uh, Pablo Sarabia penalty, a little bit strange with with Cunio. I thought he would have taken it, and they were both kind of stood around the spot. I think Cunio was having words. Sarabia was based. I thought Sarabia was actually shielding the ball for Cunio so that no Man United players got to him, and then he put the ball down, and Cunio kind of like He's basically slowly keeping it away from Cunio. Yeah, slowly walked away. It was kind of I hate. I don't like to see that, to be honest, on the pitch when it's a little bit back and forth between the players. But anyway, he scored it, so fair enough. Um, and then and then they get that equaliser, Pedro Neto, who again I didn't think has hit the heights yet, which is bizarre to say when he scored. You know, a solo goal against West Brom, and, and here as well, he scored the, the, to make it three three. But um, a little bit temperamental tonight, I thought. Um, emotional, thought first half he he was one of those players who definitely lost the shape. Didn't give Semedo any kind of help whatsoever, um, and left him overexposed. You know, Rashford can can do that against anyone, but I think you've got to tuck inside. I think Gawaneel was was quite adamant that he needed to to perform a little bit more defensively, especially in that first half. Better in the second half and scored the goal. But when they when when you do that when you get level and then you concede a fourth great goal by the way the fourth goal is but at the same time defensively they were pretty poor weren't they yeah. Max Kilman yeah. Craig Dawson but but especially Kilman I thought had a bit of an off night despite getting on the score sheet the other end um, there, there were too many mistakes in there and it's unlike Wolves and I think you can give them the benefit of the doubt because they've been so good and I think most of the fans tonight can understand it and pardon them but at the same time. They they definitely did not have their um, their best games and their best game faces on tonight. No, let me start with Neto briefly. Yes, yeah. um, second half here tonight, uh, definitely better. Yeah, definitely better. Um, direct, full of energy, 
picked up some great positions, obviously scored a really good goal in the 95th minute that should have got Wolves a point. Um, definitely better second half. And he's a magnificent player. There's, there's absolutely no two ways about it. He's a superb player. Um, but I've got to be perfectly honest, mm. and it's our first time we've had a chance to you know, speak about this publicly, really, apart from a couple of videos we've done. The, the Albion game first half, up until his goal, in particular, and a little bit tonight here as well, He's a bit stroppy for me at the moment. Yeah, he's he, he's thrown his toys out the pram a little bit on the yeah. pitch. Now I don't think it's boiling over to the point where he deserves to be taken off or mm. dropped or anything you know ridiculous like that. I don't think so. But I have noticed it. He, I thought he was really stroppy in the first half against Albion when passes weren't weren't finding him or you know he was losing the ball or his first touch wasn't quite there. Just the hands in the air. Hands I, in I the guess air. it's a European thing, but at the same time, body language. It's not a good look, is yeah, it? Yeah, and there was a few moments when he. He, he could have tracked back um, or, or just... It, it's all about the optics. It's about mm. make, just making a movement quickly to put the last moment behind you and focus on the next moment ahead of you. And he wasn't doing that. He was sort of sulking a little bit. And then he scores the, a, a really good goal and he was definitely better second half at Albion as well. And then here tonight, he wasn't really particularly stroppy first half. He was just very mm. off it. First touch a bit sloppy. Not quite um, up to the speed of the game. Second half, definitely, as I've already said, definitely better and scores a really good goal and credit to him. It was, you know, he's coming, he, he's he's adapting to playing on that right and coming in on his left foot because obviously Cooney's playing on the on the left at the moment. Um, but then the winner goes in and obviously he's going to be frustrated and disappointed as every player will be. I mean, every player basically just dropped to their knees on the floor, mm. absolutely devastated. I didn't really like Pedro's reaction to it, if I'm perfectly honest. I didn't see... The whole thing in full, I saw part of it, but obviously, I'll, you know, it's it's pandemonium while we're mm. typing away and tweeting and you know everything that's going on for you know for our jobs. But he sort of went over to the bench. I could see him remonstrating or arguing or saying something to someone on the bench, and he was clearly angry and pointing at the defence. And it felt more like, and obviously, I don't know what he said. I'm only sort of speculating on what I saw, but it felt more like a blame game rather than a yeah. Collectively, rather than, than, rather than so. collective, yeah. exactly. And, and look, were Wolves ever going to get something back at the end of that game? Mm. Probably not, no. because it's limited time. But I just didn't like the way he reacted to it. And I've noticed it in the last couple of games. I've waited to now to say it because I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, and I've got to add to it that yeah, he scored two really good goals and, and reacted to both of those moments with good performances in different halves. So it's not all negative. But I've got to be honest and and say that I've not liked what I've seen mm. with how he's reacted to a few moments. I just think he. Um, just needs to be a bit more mature with a few situations. It's great when things are going well, but when they're not, that's when you need your players. Yeah. You need them to be as a team. Yeah, exactly. And there's no I in team. Exactly. Uh, it's just, I've just realised I sort of didn't answer your second part. Mm. I'll do it very quickly. Um, on the defence tonight, completely agree with what you said as a, a, an overall and definitely on Kilman. Scores a really good goal, actually, because the the sort of shot comes in from Dawson and he... Yeah. Um, sort of bobbles up to him, a bit of speed on it, and he brings it down and then finishes. It's, it's a nice finish, it's a good goal. But for at least two of the goals tonight, he's at fault. The second, um, the third? Well, the second, I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't have him at fault. Um, he's involved, but he's not at fault. The it, fourth it, disappointing. It, it sort of bounces up off him onto Saar and then on, yeah. onto Hoyland. So I, I wouldn't have him at fault for that. Um, McTominay won the third one, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, he... McTominay's right there. Yeah. He, he, as Gary Nelson, he, he didn't name Kilman, but he did say it's not a hard one to track. No. He, he, you know, he should be defending yeah. that easily. 
Um, and if you look at Kilman, he allows McTominay to run off him, and he doesn't react, and he has a free header, and it's not even a it's not even a good header, no, and it's straight to the ground, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and and then the, and then the, the fourth one, he gets he gets nutmegged, and obviously the, the finish isn't his fault. There's a lot to do mm-hmm. for that goal to go in, but it still um, could have been stronger in that position. And and this criticism comes from a place of admiration for Max Kilman because I think he's been magnificent this season. I really do. I think he's been so consistent and and, and so so good for so many months in a row, but it was absolutely an off night for him. Yeah. And it's just disappointing, isn't it? Like I say, everybody gets the hopes up, a win tonight, they go ahead of Man United, they go into those European sports, are very close to them, and uh, it's just a little bit deflating, especially at the end of that game. Saying that, Man United were full value for the three points. However, they, they came, and they came at the very, you know, the very last couple of minutes. But, yeah, at the same time, it's one that will hurt tonight. Um, I thought Gary O'Neill was quite generous to Wolves in his post-match press conference I I know he was very he wasn't gushing but he was very proud I would say 80% was positive and maybe 20% was we need to we need to work on that Um, but I would suggest that maybe maybe not now but maybe when they're back in training whether that be tomorrow or, or Sunday or Monday that that he'll probably be a little bit more harsh when he speaks to them collectively and not the media. I get what he was trying to do and shield the players tonight, but I think deep down he'll be disappointed with that display overall. Yeah, I think he, I think he has to be. There was definitely an improvement, and we've seen it as a, a little bit of a, a common trend this season when Wolves haven't performed well in first halves. Or, or let's, let's put it this way, when Wolves haven't got um, maybe some good results occasionally throughout the season and not been at their their best in performances. It's often been poor first halves. Gary Neal's corrected it at half-time, better second halves. Luton springs to mind. Arsenal springs to mind. Um, Ipswich, ironically, is the other way round, but mm-hmm. I suppose it's, it's to, to some point the, um, the, the, the same sort of idea in terms of one half good, one half bad. Uh, and then obviously here tonight as well. They were definitely better second half. Uh, you have to say that. But they were just a little bit emotional, mm-hmm. I think, in that first half, um, and, it, and it got to them, and, and they were and they were out of shape. And then they had too many individuals not performing, and then as a collective, they suffered. So, an example I gave on the on the video that we spoke about um, after the game to, today is that Nelson Semedo was having a really tough time in the first half with Rashford and Shaw, but it wasn't necessarily all down to Semedo struggling. No. It was because Neto was leaving him one against two. Um, midfielders weren't coming across. Mm-hmm. He was being left high and dry, basically, um, and that's individuals letting down a collective, really, um, and, and that's where Wolves struggled. I felt. Yeah, they'll be interested to see uh, what changes going uh, brings on Sunday, if any. We'll discuss that as we preview Chelsea later on in the podcast. So, the good is West Brom, the bad is Manchester United, and the ugly is that we are now well into the witching hour, ten to one in the morning. Deadline day closed yesterday. At 11pm, uh, just after the game. And Wolves um, didn't get the, the coveted number nine that I think they were desperate for from, from really January the 1st, Liam. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, they looked, at, they looked at the lad from South America. What was his name? I've forgotten his name uh, now. Yuri Alberto. Yuri Alberto. Um, obviously, they thought that was undusted. Didn't happen. Broha was one who they were desperately keen, keen and then... The goalpost got moved, and and Wolves couldn't. Wolves would not pay the kind of money that Chelsea are asking for. But it's very disappointing, and I I, don't, I want to word this carefully. But 
internally, we have given so much credit, and rightly so, to the management, to behind the scenes, to everyone who has been in and around since since Lopetegui left, really. I think the business they've done has been fantastic. Even the way that they've got the players, they've sold players for the money, that the way that they've you know navigated around FFP, and of course they had to be careful. But the tale that was coming out of Wolves from the very start of January is that they were very confident, very confident. And I'll go to say, I mean, we're speaking to Gary O'Neill, but of course it'd be Matt Hobbs, it'd be a lot of team behind the scenes. I'll go so far as to say he was bullish about getting a number nine in, if not two front men, you know, maybe one winger, one can play across the, the front three and one one real number nine. Fabio left. He was then bullish that Sasha would not be sold until they had a replacement. That changed. They let Sasha go. Um, I think it was after that Brentford game, wasn't it? He was on the bench and then and then obviously he, he went and... And signed. So to be now on February the 2nd without a striker, it's not a good look. And I think probably there's a little bit of criticism that's going to come their way. And I think really it's warranted because it hasn't been managed particularly well. I'm sure if they could, over, they could redo this again and they could go back to January the 1st. Whether or not they say we would have not, we're quite happy that we let those two strikers go. I'd be stunned if they knew now what they know what they knew, what they know you know a month ago that they would have done that they would have kept one of them. I completely agree. From a I suppose club perspective, they'd have kept one of them. From Gary Neal's perspective, I don't think he'd have particularly wanted to keep either of them. From his comments tonight, saying um, I don't want to talk about what ifs. Sasha needed to play. Fabio needed to play, and neither of them would have played. Very much for me. Yeah. Um, in terms of having a body and having someone there in the squad on the bench, it would have been ideal to keep them. But I don't think Gary Neal wants either of them. To be perfectly honest, I mean, it's, for, for me, he's written both their obituaries it, in that press conference tonight. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I don't think either of them. They're not coming back in. I don't think either of them suit the way he wants to play. I think unless something, you know, major changes with how they perform on loan and, and coming back in the summer and the outlook of what Gary Neal was trying to create with his squad with the way he's playing at the moment, the way the team's playing and the way he's got them playing tactically, I don't think either of them fit what he wants to do. So, completely agree with your point, but at the same time, I think Gary Neal clearly wanted to move them on to bring mm-hmm. others in. And he, he mentioned it earlier in the month that um, they needed to move them on to bring others in. And he mentioned it again tonight and said, yeah, I'll, you know, I was sort of under the impression that we would need to do that. And then it turned out that we didn't need to do that. To bring the to bring players in, and we just couldn't to get the wages it. off. Basically, yeah, exactly. And it was um, confused a little bit. I felt, yeah, confused a little bit. I feel like he's clearly more frustrated than he's letting on, Gary Neal. I agree. I, I think he's. I think he's definitely more annoyed about the situation. Than I he's thought we saw on. a little bite, to, a couple of little bites yeah. there in that press conference to show his frustration yeah. that it hasn't gone through and they haven't got someone. But at the same time, he's as as good a job he's done this year. You know. He still needs Wolves probably more than Wolves need him, arguably, in, in, in where his career's at. So from a, I suppose, career management point of view, Gary Neal's not going to turn around and slag off the Wolves hierarchy, who, by and large, have been pretty good to him in getting yeah. the job in the first place and, and doing, sure. doing, doing what they could. Um, I, don't think, I don't think he would do that. So I think he's definitely more frustrated than he, than, than he lets on. But at the same time, he's also got a pretty good relationship with Matt Hobbs and the recruitment team. And I know... I know he knows that they were trying to bring someone in. They just didn't 
weren't able to bring anyone in that they actually thought would impact the squad. Gary Neal made a, a really good point, which I thought was interesting to say there were ones that I really wanted and we couldn't afford them. There were ones that we could afford, but I didn't want. No, not in those course, words, yeah, yeah. but basically yeah, said yeah. they weren't going to. They weren't going to do. They weren't going to improve the team, basically. Um, and he was very keen to say that we don't want. And he said this all through the months to, to his credit that we don't want to bring anyone in who is just going to be a body. Someone who's not going to add to the squad. Um, I'd rather not bring anyone in at all. In some ways, has Gary O'Neill been a little bit of a victim of his own success here? Absolutely. You know, you're looking at where they are on the table. They have outperformed by a considerable margin. Where the club, the fans, us saw them at this stage of the season. If, let's say, they were 15th, 16th, still looking over the shoulder, not guaranteed by any means to be safe this season. Well, we'll need a few more points, but they're not going down. The, the 250 to 1 to go down this season it would take a spectacular collapse. It's not going to happen. But if they were, do you think that maybe they would have looked to do one and maybe get one over the line? It's a tough one because what Wolves did a year ago in January with those six signs they brought in, they obviously had to do to stay in the league. Let's let's say they... And obviously those six signings and that big expenditure in January was not the sole reason, but a big reason why they were in the financial constraints they are, you know, this sort of financial year. It's not the only reason, but it's, a big, it's sort of a big part of it. Let's say they they didn't do that and they weren't in in trouble and they come through to this season and those two things have combined. Let's say it's this January. Wolves didn't bring any of those signings in, had this exact same financial constraints they they, they, they had last year, but they were still bottom nineteenth, eighteenth, seventeenth. Yeah. Now that would be a serious issue. Mm-hmm. Now that is a Wolves team near enough being written off and probably being relegated. Those six signings in January and, and of course Lopetegui arriving as well were major, major factors in Wolves staying sure. in the division. So they've been fortunate that it's worked out the way it has. Um, they have the luxury that Gary O'Neill and the players have done so well between August and now mm-hmm. that Wolves didn't need to desperately bring a striker in. Now, from every, me and you think Wolves needed a striker, Gary O'Neill thinks it... But there's absolutely an argument that if it wasn't the right player, don't risk it yeah. th- this month, which we've had that argument on this podcast as well. Quang back soon. Exactly, yeah, there's, that argument's there, and that argument's an important one. As, as much as people will be disappointed in not bringing someone in, that argument's a valid one, that if you don't get the right player, don't upset the apple cart, mm-hmm. play on with what you've got, and, and just pray you don't get any injuries. Um, but Wolves have been a victim of their own success, as far as Gary Neal is concerned, as you, as you put it. They've been fortunate enough that they don't need to rush into something and make potentially a silly financial decision sure. to save themselves from being relegated. And fans won't like it, but this is the brutal nature, ruthless nature of Premier League football and business and how football clubs are run. But from a fo- from a, a business point of view and a club point of view, they will not be massively upset that they haven't brought a striker in. Of course, the recruitment team would have wanted to bring someone in. Gary Neal would have wanted to bring someone in. There'll be people disappointed that it hasn't happened. But they also know, uh, what's what's that striker going to do? Is that striker going to take us from 11th to, to 6th? Probably mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Will that striker take, take us from 11th to 9th or 10th? Maybe. Yeah. Is that worth the outlay now? Probably not. 
let's hold, consolidate, take what we have, see where we finish and focus on next season. Now, it's not an exciting thing for fans to consider because fans want everything now. They want Wolves to win now. They want Wolves to go for Europe now, which makes a lot of sense. You're a fan, of course you want that. But from a club point of view, they're trying to build slowly and it's not then it's not a desperate necessity to bring a striker in now when the club's comfortable. Bring them in when they can afford it and bring they bring someone in who's going to impact the team. That, unfortunately, is the reality of where they're at. Look, what we've got to be careful of here is putting too much pressure on certain other players. And the one I wanted to discuss here, and a lot of the players and a lot of, a lot of the fans, etc., are like, oh, we're fine, Nathan Fraser, we love him, etc., etc. And that's... That's absolutely fine. And look, he's, a, he's going to be a fantastic player, hopefully for a long a long time to come. But he came on in the 82nd minute tonight, so he got 20 minutes, best part of 20 minutes against Manchester United. You can't have too much hope for Nathan Fraser. You can't be putting all your eggs in his basket saying, he's going to be the Messiah, he's going to help us, you know, if we need a striker to start a Premier League game. He's not ready to do that yet. He's a very talented player. But <clears throat> if... If they can keep everybody fit, I still don't think Nathan Fraser features too much, to be honest. Because if you get Huang back, you're going to... You're front three is Huang Neto, couldn't you? I mean, simple as that. With Sarabia and, and Bellegarde probably on the bench. So, one, two injuries. You're probably slotting these two guys in. Fraser's going to stay on the bench. But let's not put too much pressure on this young lad. Because, yes, he's scored a great goal. Yes, he's very promising. And, yes, he can be useful in games. But let's not expect too much of him... This season, anyway. Yeah, I asked Gary about it as well, and he said, yeah, we'll have to sort of manage him, pick the moments that are going to suit him and are right for him, considering his age. He's a very talented player. He's a hard worker. He's local. Fans are desperate for him to be the man, be the one that's going to come through and, 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 and save Wolves if they need to save. And, of course, they don't really, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's unwarranted pressure on a player who you know, still needs to find his feet. This is, and I mean this with all respect to Nathan Fraser because I think he's a. I spoke to him a few times. I think he's a top lad. I think he's a really good player, um, and I hope and I hope he goes on has a great career with Wolves. But this isn't Wayne Rooney we're talking about. No, this isn't a sixteen-year-old generational talent. Mm-hmm. Someone who's going to go on and become England's top goal scorer, it's go a hard Champions League kid. and Premier Leagues and whatever. This is a hard-working, talented, eighteen-year-old mm-hmm. who I've spoken to James Collins about this at the Twenty Ones as well who probably a year ago, maybe 18 months ago, there were, there were people internally that weren't sure if he was going to make it. Sure. There were, there were, he, he, was a, he was always a hard worker, but yeah. he was struggling in front of goal. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't working for him. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's found his feet, he's blossomed. Yeah. But there's a massive jump from that for sure. Premier League football. Now, he's done it, obviously, in the Cups this season a couple of times. Um, and I would love him to have a moment in the Premier League mm-hmm. this season. But, and obviously, I would love him to prove me wrong as well. It's, but it's incredibly unlikely that this mm-hmm. player is going to, between now and the, and the end of this season, go on and play regularly Premier League and score regularly in the Premier League. It's so incredibly unlikely. The The number of 18-year-olds, let alone strikers, but 18-year-olds in general, that come in and have that kind of impact on a Premier League team are so incredibly mm-hmm. rare that you can't, it's unfair to put that pressure on Nathan Fraser. And I know Wayne Rooney, it's a... It's a dramatic example, but it's from what a lot of the comments I've been seeing, it's it's an example I think is fair because yeah. fans are 
there's a lot of them that are expecting Nathan Fraser to be the man, and I hope he, I hope he is, but it's it's unlikely. I mean, we talk about Wolves being safe in the Premier League, and they are, <clears throat> but as I said earlier, three points tonight, and they could have been in those European spots. They are two games away from what we think is a massive opportunity in the FA Cup this year, of which they've got to take seriously and they will be taking seriously and I think probably prioritise going forward. But they're not going down, but you you get a number nine. This could be the difference between going and and, and somehow getting a, a Europa Conference spot or getting to a final of an FA Cup and not. So you look at it, we look at it from the bottom and behind us and say, well, that's fine. But internally... I think it's a big disappointment they haven't got something over the line because it could end up costing them if you look at it the other way and you look at it from a from a different point of view the of the from a success point of view this could end up you know really coming back to to hurt them absolutely 100% correct however is that worth risking a point deduction for no Nothing is. And I completely agree. There's, there is no, nothing that Wolves could achieve that is worth risking a point. point Do you feel that it was? I mean, look, I mean, the, the, you know, the lad from South America was going to come in. That wasn't going to risk a point deduction, was it? Or do you think no, it would no, have been with... No, I mean, they, 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 wouldn't, they wouldn't have gone for it mm-hmm. if it was going to risk a point deduction. It, mm-hmm. was, a, it was a loan with an option. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know the exact figures in terms of fees or, or wages. I would imagine it would have been fairly minimal, otherwise Wolves wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, it's but was so, it Alberto's agent who moved the goalpost? So exactly, would that yeah. would that have involved? So would that have affected potentially FFP? If they had to pay, and that would have been different. Well, that's why they pulled out. Mm-hmm. They, they, they'd have done Do you the think it would have been right on the cusp? Yeah, anything that is either going to take them over or going to take them into the danger zone, they're, they're not going to do because yeah. they they are adamant they will not breach the mm-hmm. rules and take us back all the way to last summer, saying that you know obviously we, we were reporting at the time to say that we're not going to break the rules, um, but there was no precedent for a for a, a punishment at that time. Mm-hmm. Now there is. Everton have had a 10-point deduction. Forrester in trouble. Obviously, the City thing's coming further down the line. And you look at the activity elsewhere, people have obviously been scared off Absol- of that. Absolutely. I mean, Manchester United, he's talking about, I mean, you know, Ten Hag's talking about FFP, saying we couldn't get stuff done, we couldn't get a replacement in as a striker um, with Martial going down. So they basically got what they've got now, Hoyland, and then they've got Rashford as an emergency number nine and a load of kids, really. So I think... The majority of clubs, when you look at the deals that are done in January, this is one of the sparsest Januaries I can remember. Yeah. And I know, obviously, the summer's the big one, but January, there's always a few big signings. There's always maybe like 10 to 12 big signings or people panic buying. I mean, everybody's backed off. And even look look at some of the, the bigger deals. Spurs getting mm. Werner in. Yeah. Um, it's a loan. Yeah, it's a loan. A couple yeah. of the bigger deals, yeah. loan. Mm-hmm. And there's very few big deals mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I, I think clubs are taking it seriously now. Um and to be honest, Wolves fans should be thankful that Wolves took it seriously when they did, because mm-hmm. otherwise they'd be bang in trouble. Yeah. Um, and that, look, Gary Neal said it again tonight as well. He said, yes, we haven't got a striker in. Yes, it's disappointing. Yes, we're going to be thin on the ground. But we haven't been deducted 10 points. Mm-hmm. Now, if this time next year, Wolves get charged and deducted 10 points for whatever reason, we're having a different conversation, aren't we? Sure. Because that is... Um, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, but as it stands right now, Wolves have got through the last uh, round, I suppose, if you will, of um, of, of uh, sending the, the 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 accounts through to the Premier League. Um, Wolves are fine as it stands, and that's because of you know a lot of the work they've had to do. Should we take some questions from the beautiful people? Let's do it. 
So I had a question um, from a couple of people, actually, about said barbecue. Oh, yes. So, as I've said, if Wolves do get into Europe this season, we're all coming around mine, lads. We're having a massive barbecue. And I mean, it's going to be huge. There's going to be the amount of spirits, beer, <laughs> wine, champagne that I will have for you gorgeous people, let alone some of the meats that will be on display. And I'm not talking about the food. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. But a few people have been asking me about the FA Cup. So, this is what I have to say about the FA Cup. If Wolves win the FA Cup, the barbecue's on as well. Yeah! The barbecue is on as well. If Wolves win the FA Cup, not only will they be in the league, if they win the FA Cup, we're doing the barbecue. I mean, there was no other answer to that. You couldn't have, have, to you, do it. You couldn't have not done it. If no. Win, winning the FA Cup, I mean, winning that the would FA be Cup. unbelievable. If so. we win the FA Cup, we're doing a barbecue as well. Oh my God, this is exciting. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Absolutely top draw. Right, okay, let's get some questions in. Here we go. Okay, first question, as I just stalled slightly, because uh, my Twitter link broke. Uh, Shock. Okay, here we go. I'm not going to help you, I'll just let you Okay, thanks a lot. First question is Twitter from Chris Fisher. says, biggest surprise, size of Lima's dessert tonight or Pedro's equaliser? Uh, no, I was very good tonight, wasn't I? I didn't have, didn't have the dessert. No, you had a couple of pick and mixes, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, had a couple of little Oh, pots didn't you have the little pot of yeah, yeah, cheesecake? Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and that, it's not really, it wasn't really like a big dessert, though. And you it? had a couple of sausages while well, I was at half-time. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's all right. <laughs> so, Neto's equalised. <laughs> it says, and since Wolves are up, up against FFP and could do little in January window, how much money, realistically, could Matt Hobbs have to spend in the summer? Poor. <sighs> I mean, Big does question. that... A, look, how long's a piece of string? I mean, there'll be a budget that they'll have, then there'll be a budget that will increase or decrease, well, increase more more likely with the sale of players. I'm not just talking about, you know, well, let's talk about periphery first. They'll want to get rid of Geddes permanently, they want to get rid of um, Pedents permanently, and there's a few others, but you know, you're going to have to talk about the elephant in the room, and that's someone like Pedro Neto, who's going to probably be the number one target for a lot of clubs this season, and or next season, going into the summer, and... and <clears throat> You know, the likelihood is, and we'll discuss it in another podcast, is if they get the right amount of money that, that Wolves will have in their mind, then they will probably sell. Yeah, yeah. I look, every player's got a, got a price, and, and Wolves' philosophy is on bringing young players in, building them up, making them into, into you know, great players, and, and getting you know, big profit out of them to improve the squad. So that's definitely, uh, you know, on the list of priorities, not priorities, possibilities rather, um, but depends on the depends on the offers. So yeah, look, Wolves will have definitely more wiggle room in um, in, in the summer in comparison to last summer and January just gone. Um, but as as has been the trend with FFP and of course the way that the three year rolling cycle, the way that that moves with obviously one the, the first year dropping off, this next year coming in, Wolves all, can't all of a sudden just go out and splash crazy money, but they'll be. Uh, yeah, definitely able to bring in more players. So it's it's with the, I think, promise to Gary Neal that he'll have more space to manoeuvre in, in the summer. Daniel Laver, Max Kilman looked way off it today. Is there anything bothering him on the injury front? Uh, I, I mean, every single player out there will have something because the the intensity and demands of Premier League football means that the bodies do get 
beat up quite a lot during the season. Um, Max had an issue. I mean, he got bashed to the nose at Arsenal, didn't he? I think he had an issue on his knee or his thighs. I can't remember exactly where it was. Uh, slightly earlier in the season where he had it strapped up for a few games. So there'll be a couple things absolutely bothering him, I'm sure, like every player, but nothing to, to the extent of um, impacting performances, I would imagine. And he's been incredibly consistent, as I've said, uh, for, for a number of months now. So it's an off night for him, but I wouldn't read into it, read into it any more than, than just that, I think. Mark Evans, is there a way to fit Tommy Doyle, Mario Lamina and Jao Gomez into the same team? No. No. <laughs> no, mate. No, no chance. No. Uh, if, you, if you do, you drop either a defender or an attacker. I don't think any of the defenders deserve to be dropped. I don't think any of the attackers deserve to be dropped. Unfortunately, because Tommy Doyle is different uh, in style to the others, I think he comes in and comes out depending on opposition and tactics. Um, which, considering the way he's played recently, is maybe a little bit harsh on him. But um, he'll play plenty of games, so I don't think he'll... He'll be left wanting. Ian, why in the last seven or so windows have Wolves failed to bring in a replacement for Raul Jimenez? The squad is threadbare. Um, and ironically, uh, Fulham brought in a replacement for Raul Jimenez before <laughs> Wolves did in, in, uh, in Broha tonight. Uh, yeah, apart from the 15-odd million they spent on Sasha Kalajic mm. as a striker. So, uh, yeah, they brought Mateus Cunha in for 43 million. And he was signed, as we said at the time, he was signed to be Wolves' number nine. He obviously isn't a number nine and Gary Neal has uh, spotted that and spoken openly and said, I know why Wolf signed Wolf signed him as a striker. I'm not playing him as a striker. I'm playing him on the left. Uh, and it's worked out perfectly. Mm. But there's two strikers straight away there that are in excess of 58 million um, that were essentially replacements for Raul Jimenez. So I, I understand that you're not happy with the size of the squad, but factually the question is not quite there, I'm afraid. Jarnold says, do you feel today is the first time O'Neill showed a little annoyance towards the board in the transfer window? Do you feel Fraser should be playing until Huang comes back? Because uh, at the moment, we, lo- we look lost up there. I mean, I think we've answered the, the second part of that, of that question is no, we don't. Um, but do you feel that he showed a bit of annoyance towards the board for the first time? I think there was a little bit of frustration there, as we've said, in, in that press conference. Yeah, I think so. But he's gone about it the right way as yeah, well, because he, he can't. He articulates it very well. Yeah, he can't be too bullish right now. But he's also... His demeanour has changed throughout January, hasn't it, as we've already mentioned. Um, very bullish and adamant they were bringing a striker in, as well as Sasha will not go, not, will not go anywhere until we've got someone lined up, uh, which obviously changed. Um, alongside that, it then changed to... Uh, we're probably not going to get anyone, or mm. we might do OK. Then it was to, in the last couple of days, to... You know, you know, quite confident again. It looks like yeah. something's going to happen. Yeah. You know, it could be zero, it could be two. We're yeah. feeling good to nothing. nothing. So yeah. uh, you could understand frustration on mm-hmm. his point. But yeah, I think we sort of covered the other points on that. But I think um, I think he, he's gone about it well, considering it's not an easy situation to manage. Yeah, and it's a lesson to for everybody to say, you know, transfer window, it can change very quickly. And very you, can't, quickly. you can't count your chickens. Because things change within yeah. within the same day, within, yeah. within hours, within transfer window. I mean, especially on, on deadline day, things are changing so quickly. But unfortunately, you know, we report what they say, we've got to ask them the questions, and tonight, as we're speaking, they look a little bit silly at the way that things have gone and the way that they've said, you know, how their, how their movement is and, and that they were confident at times and they weren't and they were. Yeah. It just looked a little bit... And, and also because they've been unlucky at times as well. They've yeah. had the, the, um, the Alberto, sorry, Yuri Alberto 
fall apart because of a greedy agent at the mm. last minute. Um, and then you can't get Chelsea to come down financially on the on the on the, the Brozier deal. So you've got partly been unlucky, partly maybe slightly naive at times, and partly made to look a bit silly in the end. I think what we'll see in the summer is probably Gary and he'll be a little bit more tight-lipped on on whether they're confident or not getting deals over the line Probably. until they're actually done, which is fair enough. Um, Steve Brown says, when will we ever learn playing from the back is football suicide for us, especially against a team like Man United? I'm not sure I agree with that. I think Wolves have played, I think Wolves have played possession football very well when they've had to this season. Um, but the majority of their their success has come from counter-attacking football this season. But you can't counter-attack if you've got the ball. Mm. <laughs> so, so Wolves have also got to be good in possession and good playing and, and good at stringing packs together. They didn't do it well tonight, but they've definitely, I think, been good at it the majority of this season. Um, I think Gary O'Neill has been a very good tactician for the majority of this season as well. There's been times when he's got it wrong. The Luton, we've mentioned it already, but that one springs to mind. Got it wrong totally. Uh, in that game, changed, made two changes at half time, mm-hmm. switched it around. Wolves got a result. So, yeah, it, I think Gary Neal is, is more often than not tactically very good. They just came up against a United team that was just up for it a bit more mm. than they were, I think, tonight. Yeah, and like I said, they played very well tonight, United. You yeah, I'll give him some credit. Um, Jaffa Mad says, Will we get a new goalkeeper? Will it be a high priority in the summer? Because Saar is nowhere near the level we need. I mean, he didn't have a great night, did he, no, either? He I mean, you talk about the defence, but you know, you need confidence from behind behind you as well, and he did not help. No, I, I agree. Um, this, this one's been bubbling under for some time mm. now, actually. You remember a year ago when Dan Bentley came in, I reported at the time that, that Wolves were also considering bringing in another goalkeeper, uh, looking at something in the summer more likely than not, that could be a number one option. Mm-hmm. There was then a lot and lots of talk about Jose Saar. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we know already that um, Nottingham Forest were interested in him in the summer. There was a lot of reports around Saudi Arabian interest. Of course, he ended up signing a new contract in the yeah. NSARs, but obviously, for obvious reasons, contracts don't necessarily mean a player stays. It just means a player, a team might get good money for them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. Put it that way. No. I, I would say, I would say it's a position to keep an eye on um, going forward. I, I don't think it's cut and dry that he goes. I don't think it's cut and dry that he stays. And if you want my opinion on it. If you could get someone, and that's obviously very dependent on who you bring in, but if you could get someone who is a an improvement, I would I would make that jump now. I think Jose Sarr has gone from an incredible first season to a fairly inconsistent goalkeeper. Um, he has a few months where he's really good. Then he has a few very dodgy games, and I, I, I'm not sure he's the man to take Wolves forward. If I'm I, honest, I would classify Jose Sar as a league average keeper, at best, maybe a little bit underneath that. But I don't think he's in the worst few keepers in the league. Absolutely I really not. Don't. No, no, absolutely not. Um, he, I think he's still a good goalkeeper. But definitely. he definitely makes some some shocking decisions. Yeah. Wolves, shocking Wolves decisions. could do way worse than Jose mm. Sar. Don't get me wrong. Wolves could, and Wolves have in the past yeah. do way worse. Wolves could definitely do a lot worse than Jose Sar, but. I'm yet to be convinced that they can't do a little bit better as well. Lard Windwater, how much would you accept for Pedro Neto in the summer? 
I'm not. This is not. I'm not saying what the club will accept. Um, that remains to be seen. What I would accept if it was me making the decision. Obviously, if he goes on and has an amazing next few months in the season, that will change my answer. At this point, but right that, now, at this point, right now, I would take sixty million for him. I would take about fifty-five to sixty. Yeah, in that kind um, of which I think. With the way that it's set up, I know we've done this in criticism tonight, which I think is warranted. Overall, they're doing an incredible job, and they are, they're so smart. I feel that three, four, five years ago, I wouldn't, I'd, I'd want more because I couldn't guarantee that they were going to use the money and spend it wisely. I think they've got some smarter heads now, and I feel that if you give them a kitty of 60 to 80 million pounds, what that could do for this squad, getting the right characters in and the right quality in, I'd actually be quite excited, even though, of course, it would be desperately sad to lose someone like Pedro Neto. You know that you're going to get some great additions in there that will make a massive difference next season. Yeah, and, and look, if he has a, a brilliant next two, three, four months, that could, you can push it up. That yeah, could easily course. be seventy plus. You know, it, it could be big, big money. I mean, sixty is big money anyway, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, right now I would take that. Um, and I'd be really interested to see how he got on if he did go to an Arsenal, who we know have had a long-standing interest in him. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm a big fan of Pedro Neto, but I I battle with myself a little bit over how I, I, when I watch him. Because I, as I've already said on earlier in this podcast, there's moments where I think he lets himself down a little bit. Um, and I think he's a, he's a really, really, really amazing player in there that doesn't always show himself in the best light. Kenontoastman.co.uk. How would you like a digital air fryer with an LCD display, one huge tower for just forty-five pounds? Forty-five pounds. Forty-five pounds. What's the last thing you did in the air fryer, or is it all in storage? Uh, well, my air fryer is in storage, but I have been using one at my uh, shelter that I've been staying. Oh, very nice. Um, what shelter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know we shout to that. Still is. the same gap, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, well, I did some breaded chicken burgers. Ooh, there. breaded chicken burgers, nice. A yeah, yeah. little bit of flour, a little bit of a. Uh... Didn't use flour actually. Okay. Um, just did egg wash and Ooh, nice. bread crumbs, but a lot of seasoning in there. Very yeah, nice, delicious. Um, okra is my is my go to now. Okra. It is good to be fair. It is good. Just a little bit. Oh, it's just so nice. Dishoom okra. Bang in some some lime, some chilli, some salt in there. A couple of spray. I still have a couple of little sprays of the old one calorie in there. Oh, fry light. In a little basket. A little fry light. Bang, 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 bang. By the way, fry light. No one's ever. Don't tell me you've ever sprayed it once and that'll do you. No chance. A one no, calorie no, spray. You like You're bugging like 10 or 11 or 15 sprays easy, a day, yeah, aren't you? Easy. No chance. Um, but yeah, a few of them in there. Bang them in. The Max. Max Crisp. Always Ooh. Max Crisp. 10 minutes rather than 20. They come out sizzling, crunchy. Oh, it's delicious. Amazing. And probably about 40, 50 calories. As a little hung- starter. I'm hungry now. I'm hungry. Anything in this box? Anything in this box or two? Any crisps or something? I'm starving. Uh, right, okay, let's move on. Um, okay, we've got Chelsea, Liam Keane. Chelsea away, Stamford Bridge on Sunday. Before we preview the game, uh, what time are you getting there? <laughs> Mate, that's poor from you. What? You're better than that. I'm not better than You're that. Be- You've let yourself down. What's there. going Well, You say that I've let myself down, Liam Keane. Chelsea, one of the, one of the big games in the calendar. <laughs> uh, no, one, 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 of the, one of the most important buffets of the season. And that's why I'm surprised 
why you will not be present, apparently. These, there's been some rumours. There's been some rumours around going on, on social media that you may not be seen at the game. Why is that? And tell me, tell me you can dispel them now. Uh, I wish I could. What? But I'm, <laughs> I'm missing out on the, what? on the buffet. What? I'm not there. Well, well, I'm well, sorry. Well, I'm sorry. So you know that. I've got good reason. I've got good reason. Go on. I am flying off on a ski holiday. <laughs> it's all right for some. <laughs> these wages that people are paying for, these subscriptions. Not and he's off on a ski holiday. People... He's off on a ski holiday. People will believe you if you say that. <laughs> no, I'm jesting. It doesn't go to, it doesn't go to Liam. All goes to me. I wish, I wish it did. <laughs> Just go come to from me. Paris, lad. I wish it did go Popping to me. Popping champagne cards. Yeah. No, we don't see a penny of it. Only kidding. Um, no, go on, go on. You've got to have a holiday, of course you do. Yeah, I'm uh, going off with some some friends. Going to France, actually. Oh, nice. Um, and whereabouts? The Alps. <laughs> <laughs> do you know where you're going? Uh, Le Doux Alps. <laughs> Le, 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 Le Doux, Le Doux. I don't know how to pronounce Le it. Le Doux Alps. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, very nice. Um, flying into uh, Grenoble. Lovely. Um, Not Chernobyl. No. That would be no, steady. That would be steady. <laughs> uh, and yes, so yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. I've n- never skied before, apart from a few trips to the town of Snowdome. So uh. I'm looking forward to, uh, well, let's be honest. Having a lot of beer. I was going to say, is it's is, is the Apres ski in it. <laughs> the Apres ski is going to be dangerous. You'll be burning off the calories. I expect to see... I'll be very disappointed if I don't get um, at least eight to nine pictures while you're there. And I'm not talking... I don't want to see you in your, in your hole. You've got an old black, haven't you? A little one-piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got... Well, not a one-piece, but it is a it is a, a, a set, if a you set. will. Like, a, a set. A, a super dry set for my ski gear. Um, but I want to see some pictures. I also want to hear some drunken voicemails, please, for me. Well, I, normally it's the other way around. I'm getting them off you. Yes, exactly. So I might tweet you. Okay, I like As long that. as you don't tweet it. I would not tweet it. I'd <laughs> play it on the podcast. Play it on the podcast. We, would we will still have a podcast next week. I've got no idea who I'm going to be doing it with, but we will still have a podcast next week. So, Well, I'll, I'll see you at, uh, here for Brentford, won't I? Oh, yeah, you'll be at... Yeah, because you're going to be at Brentford, right, aren't you? Uh, what? A slight issue with that one. What? I, I don't fly back in time for that game. Oh, <laughs> so. stop it. I will be... Uh, Come a day early. No chance, no chance. And by the way, I had, I had no say in the dates for this holiday. Um, one of my very good friends... Uh, you're missing Brentford and Chelsea. Who's doing it with me? Ah, oh, some little loser. He wouldn't know who he was. Oh, crikey. I'm sorry, George. You didn't hear this. George Bennett, our Warsaw reporter. Look after him. He's George a, Bennett. He's a, he's a lovely guy. Look after him. He will be stepping in um, to fill my very, very, very big shoes. Uh, oh, I'm gone. Tiny shoes, so, lad. Look at them. Oh, I've seen enough of that. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I'm gutted I'm missing. But as I say, one of my very good friends, Rory, his... Um, his missus, she... Don't name drop him, don't kill him, lad. Uh, no, he, he won't care, he doesn't Actually, he's a Chelsea fan, actually, ironically. Mm-hmm. So perfect. Um, he, uh, his missus or- organised the whole thing, basically. Yeah. So she, we just gave her money and she booked it. So it was very easy for us, which was good. But um, I had no say in the dates. Now, you did make the point, oh, but you could have just flown out later and come back. Yeah, I wouldn't want to upset the apple cart like that. I'm a, I'm a team player. The team wants to go out on these days, I'm going with them. So, so you could have had... You could have had an all-expenses-paid trip to Las Vegas and kept the money and then done these two games, but you decided to not take me up on my offer, nor the summer barbecue last year, nor the Christmas drinks this year, and then you're paying your own cash to go skiing and leaving me in the lurch for two games. You actually, you're making it sound like I'm deliberately avoiding you, and it's not the case. I mean, someone would get a complexion. It's not the case. I'm just saying. 
when's the next night out? <laughs> oh, there's going to be some nights out, lad. Uh, Wembley, Wembley semi-finals. Oh my god! Oh, can you imagine? Carnage! Can you imagine? Carnage! Uh, right, okay. Uh, Chelsea Sunday. You can preview. I know you're going to be there, so you don't want to preview. No, oh, I don't think I'm going to do what you want, mate. Don't care. Right. right. Uh, not the best performance tonight. Um, do you expect changes? Look, let's. I'll talk. I'll, let's go through the people who will be pushing for a spot. Ryan Agnori, the first one to come on for Matt Doherty tonight. Would you expect him to be back? Uh, midfield. Uh, Tommy Doyle. Jao um, Gomez. Is there a battle there to be had? You know, Mario Lumina not at his best, but I expect him to be to be starting against Chelsea. So, would you see would you see Gomez to come in for Doyle perhaps, and up front maybe Sarabia for Bellegarde? Those would be the three I would say that would be up for grabs, unless you could think of any more. So, where do you think Gary Neal will go? Well, I was gobsmacked that Ryan Aitnori didn't start tonight, mm-hmm. to be honest. So, I think he has to come in. Uh, I think Doc's done okay in in Aitnori's absence, but he's not. He's clearly not as comfortable there. Uh, Wolves looked a lot better with Aitnori on the pitch, I felt. Um, so, yeah, I'd be really surprised if he doesn't start at Chelsea. Midfield, I can see Doyle keeping his place. Doyle and Lamina for the time being. I think Jalgo might have to work his way back in in the next few weeks to get a start again. So, I think he'll he'll play. And then up front, it's a difficult one because my instinct is Sarabia comes back in. He plays, Bellegarde goes to the bench. Yeah. I think in an ideal world, Sabri's been in good form up until obviously that injury where he missed the, uh, the Albion game. I think he's been in good form, you play him. But it would mean playing either Neto or Cunha as a nine. I don't mm. want either of them there. No. Honest. I don't want either of them as no. a nine. So I think. I think he probably does bring Sarabi in, and I think he plays Neto as a nine. I agree. And he sort of pushes out wide a I bit. I agree. Um, and other than that, I think it'll be the same 11. But I'm still not massively comfortable with it. And, it. and it comes down to the same argument about not bringing a nine in, waiting on Huang to come back. You're then going to have to play Huang as a nine, and he isn't really a nine. He's been a makeshift nine up until he went away with South Korea. So um, just got to you know, pray that Nathan Fraser comes on and scores a double. <laughs> no pressure. Um, look, it's, it's frustrating. For people, people who didn't know, um, South Korea were one minute from going out of that competition, and, and Huang Yi-chan would probably have been available against Chelsea on Sunday. Yeah. Such was the frustration. I mean, this was... They were losing to Saudi Arabia. Um, 90 minutes, Saudi Arabia 1-0 up. Referee gives 12 minutes of injury time and and S- South Korea equalise in the 110th minute. It then goes for extra time, no goals, and then they went through on penalties, uh, which Huang scored the winner. Great penalty, by the way. Oh, great penalty. Great penalty. But, but, you know, from my point of view, I'm watching the game and I'm like, please, 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 please. And then one minute to go and then you see that that goal going in and you go, oh, of course. Because otherwise Huang would have been available. But it's not. It'll happen. You know, he'll be back, I think, within the next couple of weeks, I would expect. So that's the final is on... 10 or 11, something like that. Yeah, and um, they've got Australian eggs as well, which were one of the favourites of the competition. Yes. Difficult game. Yeah, tough one. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that Sarabia will come in. I have one change, I think, that from from what the team that you said, I think that Jao Gomez does come in. I think Jao Gomez might come in for, for Tommy Doyle um, on Sunday just for some fresh legs. Right, okay. So we go to predictions. Um, you can go first because you're not going to be at the game. You're going to be hammered on a mountain somewhere. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I really will as well. <laughs> With the toffee vodkas, lad. Oh, mate, smashing them. Um, yeah, kick-offs at 
2 p.m. is it? You don't care, do you? Don't bother, do you? It's 2 p.m. So it'll be 3 where I am. So, yeah, by then I'll probably be maybe just coming off the mountain or coming mm. towards the end. Mm. So by kick-off I'll be either just finishing up or already a few beers in. This is day one as well. And this is day one as well, yeah. You could also be, you know, getting airlifted somewhere as well. <laughs> Mate, that's so bad. You've had a couple of drinks. I can't believe you said that. You get down to a double black the, In fact, the, the girl that's organised she knows some people with the same resort as us, and one girl was, was airlifted off the, <laughs> off the mountain literally the other week. Oh. Brilliant. If that's me, I'm 100% putting a picture of me with a drip in my arm. <laughs> Tweet, tweet it again. Tweet a big picture. <laughs> oh, no, I'll send God. you a picture of me getting in a, in a little heli coming off the mountain. Straight to Chelsea. Could you take me to Chelsea, guys? I might as well. Well, I'm here now. I can't sleep the rest of the time. Chelsea, no. Take me straight to Mackey's or something. Let's like, <laughs> get some food. Um, so, I think... Chelsea have back of a 4-1 defeat at Liverpool. Yeah. I, I think this Chelsea side, they've got such, I think they've got such a soft underbelly. Now, they're obviously talented. Of course yeah. they are. They're obvious. They've got a great manager. But I think they're really weak in character Men- mental. and mentality. And there's so many things that they're just very soft in. Mm-hmm. I think Wolves will get a result. I think it's tight. I think it's 1-1. Ooh, 1-1. 1-1. Are you ready? Here we go. This is for all what we're giving them away. You, you, you just use. You choose, um, baby. The away top. The away top and... Um, the away shorts. <laughs> <laughs> the great top of the away shorts. Uh, two nil, baby. Oh yes, let's have it to Chelsea. Are you being serious? Yeah. Oh two my nil. god, what did you? Oh, you actually got me then as well. I thought you were being serious. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a defeat. I You're think a nasty guy. Well, I'm just saying. Nasty. We want guy. people to win the win the competition. Two nil defeat. I think right. you got to promise you one not, thing. What? Look after George. I'll look after George. Make sure he enjoys the buffet. I will. Can we can we put a call out to someone who wants to come on the podcast next week instead of you? Who who wants to be Mr. Liam Keane next week? It's it's. Would we get a member of the media team potentially? It, yeah, yeah, potentially. Um, be a, couple a couple of them, people. Couple be a people couple listen of them, to this. Yeah, a couple of them listening. Um, we could get a a celeb in. Maybe a wolf celeb. I don't know any. I mean, Robert Plant's ignoring me. So Planty. <laughs> what about Logan Plant? Is he still annoying you? <laughs> I followed him on Twitter. He never followed, never me followed back. you back. No, I don't. Oh, he hates me. Um, I'm good. I got. I bought another Led Zeppelin Led Zeppelin vinyl the other week because all I need. Did you? I, mean, I need to get it signed. Oh, can I? Can I send it to you, please? I got an original uh, second album from 1969. Right. I just want it signed. I want people to like. He's me. got a big. It just looks like a frisbee to me, mate. You're you're from this era. Oh, well. stop it! You're what are you talking about? Five you know years old. Who is he? There's no need for that. Anyway, move on. Um, maybe I'll get Planty on. Genuinely, if you if you got Robert Plant on, it was Robert Plant, would and you like the, to come on Lean Keynes? And it was the week I'm off. I'm kick. I'm kicking off. Are you kicking off? I'm kicking off. I'd, I'd time. actually genuinely try and make that happen just to annoy you. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Nice. Um, Cheers for that. Send in your replies of who you'd like to see on the podcast next week and we'll see who it is. I genuinely don't know who it's going to be. JW? It might just be me. It's JW, isn't it? Who's JW? <laughs> Who's JW? <laughs> He's going to be listening to this and be so upset. JW? One second. 
Who's Jay? <laughs> I can't breathe. Who's Jay? <laughs> Who's Jay W? Oh, I don't know. You wouldn't know him, mate. Okay, I'm completely lost. He's, he's, uh, he's a good guy, though. Nice guy. Right, we better go. It's uh, one thirty-five in the morning. Uh, from me, from Kino. Uh, we, uh, I think we're on the hippie crack. We've had too much. We need to go to sleep. I'm knackered. Uh, deadline day, not what it'd be, but we'll see you at Chelsea on Sunday. Well, one of us will. Take care. Bye-bye. We are the wanderers in all gold and black. You better retreat, cause we're on the attack. The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back.